You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room, we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 55, we're discussing 2017's most anticipated in collecting comics and film. I'm Arnie Rose, Tim. I'm Troy. And guess who's back? Sanjay's back. <laughs> Sanjay's back. <laughs> Coming off a somewhat lengthy hiatus. Yeah, it's been a while. Sanjay is back in the Nerd Room. I'm kind of nervous. Like, I haven't been doing this for a long time, so I don't know. It feels like the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like I'm a podcast virgin again. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back, man. And Sanjay's going to be joining us for a large chunk of 2017, particularly around our film reviews. We have a lot of films coming down the pipe in 2017. We're going to go through a whole slew of them towards the end of the episode here. But Sanjay, his, his area of expertise <laughs> is in film. He's a cinephile. He has a collection of, what, 1,100 plus Blu-rays? Uh, not just Blu-rays, but DVDs as well. I think my uh, latest count was 1133, so... Uh... Yeah, I have a, I have quite a bit of movies. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be good to have the third body here. Sanjay and I sometimes sit on opposing sides when it comes particularly <laughs> to DC. What do you mean? We both love Man of Steel. Yeah. We both love the Dark Knight trilogy. This is true. This is true. We do butt heads other places, but it's great to have you back in the nerd It's good room to be here. back. And he's going to be joining us, too, for our 16-month MCU retrospective series. So this Woo! is something that we're going to start doing here in January, starting with Iron Man. We're going to be going through the entirety of the MCU, building into a weekend of review of Avengers Infinity War. Now that's May of 2018, but we're starting this retrospective series so we can bring you guys a bonus episode every single month so that we have the chance to look back at these films and what they've meant for building this universe into what is the beginning of the end of what we know as the MCU currently. So we're going to start with 1990s Captain America, right? Oh, we're not going that far back. <laughs> Ang Lee's the Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> not touching that one. No. <laughs> a little closer? A lot of this too is going to be in sequential order of release with the exception of the month of release or the weekend of release reviews we're going to do for the likes of guardians of the galaxy thor ragnarok black panther and spider-man homecoming so they're going to be slotted in there so the order is going to be slightly disjointed but i think bringing you these movies on the week of release and not retreading them later on down the road to try to do the series in order is going to be a real benefit to the series itself just think of it like the x-men movie universe It'll kind of make sense, but it'll be a little bit tangents here and there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I should be lots of fun. Look at that coming down the pipe. We haven't really worked out the logistics as far as when exactly we're going to release it, but probably the third week of January. And we're going to keep that consistent month by month on that kind of third week. That's what we're thinking right now. No promises. Troy just threw together a sick graphic. They're going to be dropping on Twitter and Facebook and all that. So you guys can keep track of what movies are coming down the pipe next as far as our Nerd Room retrospective series in the MCU. So, Rogue One. This is a film we've been talking about lots lately. There's a lot of talk within the Commonwealth about it, too. So go back and check all those other guys out, StarWarsCommonwealth.com. But we do have a relatively newcomer (laughs) to the Star Wars franchise sitting across the table from me here. Sanjay, you did have a chance to check out Rogue One. Briefly tell me your thoughts, coming from a perspective of a relatively new Star Wars fan. Okay, well, uh, I really enjoyed the movie overall. I thought it was a good movie. But to me, it kind of felt a little disjointed, like a tale of two movies. 
you know, the first half of the movie is a little bit confusing for a non-Star Wars fan, such as myself. Not not fan, sorry, a non-Star Wars expert, such as myself. I am a fan. I do enjoy the series. I've seen, now this is my fifth Star Wars movie I've seen, so getting up there. Yeah. Only, what, three more to go? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, you know, it's better than when we started this podcast and it was zero, so. <laughs> do you feel this movie could have benefited off of using a crawl? Yeah, that crawl is like typical Star Wars. You know, it's like Batman without the cowl. Like, you right. have to have the crawl, right. right? Or without the retelling of the Martha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the first 30 minutes, you know, it was jumping around from planet to planet, and they didn't really stay in one place for too long, and I didn't know a lot of the characters. These are all relatively new characters, and maybe if I watched the show Rebels, it would make more sense. Not nope. really. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like there's, there's some of the, particularly when it comes to the council and that, mm-hmm. there's some of those figures that you'd be a bit more familiar with. Even if you saw the prequels, there's a few yeah. characters in there that maybe you would got, but they're more nods to the characters oh, themselves okay. and yeah. to the larger universe, as opposed to actually being like pivotal characters within the film itself. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, but the second half was great sci-fi. I loved it. Like the action scenes were awesome. You know, I saw them coming together. I know Tim's going to hate this, but coming together like a suicide squad. <laughs> I do not like that reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the second half was great. I don't want to spoil anything, but that final scene with like the last two minutes was super cool. Yeah. Seeing stuff happen like that. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. And then the one scene at the trading outpost reminded me kind of a Blade Runner as well. So, um... One question I had, uh, one of the characters, I think he was like a general, he looked totally CGI. Um, he, he was, what was yeah. totally CGI. Okay, okay. Yeah. That man, I'm Peter not... Cushing, he played Grand Moff Tarkin in A New Hope. Yeah. He died in 1994. Oh, okay. See, so that's interesting to get your perspective on this. What did you think of that? Uh, the, the effects on that, on that character? It kind of took me out a little bit because I could tell, okay, he's CGI. I didn't know that he had passed away. So if I'd okay. known that, then I would have been like, okay, I'll give it like a pass. Right. It's kind of interesting. I don't know why they didn't just recast or use a younger actor. It's, it's brand new technology and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, in the future they'll improve upon it. But it did kind of look a little noticeable, but it was passable. Right. It never took you out of the film or anything, so. Not really, Okay, no. awesome. No, and I think the reason that they went that path, I think this this is a, a topic of debate for the future is that using actors that have passed away mm-hmm. and using their likeness or even their exact face almost and replicating yeah. that, what are the implications for that going forward? It's, it's a bit strange to use. I think personally as a Star Wars fan, having it in there meant a lot more to me because mm-hmm. I, I just, that, that character's face, like this movie is butt up against A New Hope. Yeah. And so having that character age like zero days, like this right. is literally on top of it. So having that exact character likeness or a relatively close likeness to it, mm-hmm. I think benefited the movie, at least for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's interesting because I did have a chance to go see it for the second time. Absolutely oh, yeah. loved it again. Mm-hmm. It's, I think I got more out of the film the second mm-hmm. go around. I think I fanboyed out so much the first time <laughs> that yeah. I missed a few things. Yeah. I came out of the movie a bit and we talked a bit about in our review about some of the things I was like, ah, this makes sense, but I wish I had a little bit of this. And it's all in there, I think. I think I just missed some of the connections and some of the pieces I didn't quite remember. But having that second viewing under my belt, I really, really enjoyed it. But my wife came with me. She was super stoked to go see it. She's a Star Wars fan. And she had a very similar view to you in that the start felt a bit disjointed. She was a bit confused. But I asked her, I said, at the end of the movie, how did you feel about it? And she felt that it all ironed itself out. Like Mm -hmm. she got it. Yeah. She understood character motivation. She understood the connections and the planets. And some of it's going to feel all a little bit disjointed because you probably didn't feel like the Vader scene, the first one, really made that much sense when he goes and visits Krennic. (laughs) So there's some of that in there that's a bit of fan service still. And I think to us, it makes a lot more, especially having the the background of the stories and and the novels and the Mm -hmm. comics and all that. 
So some of that in there, I, I do get that. And seeing it a second time and having those sentiments you know, explained to me by different people, by non-Star Wars fans, I understood that a bit more. I still think it's a fantastic film. It still ranks up there for me. But my wife did, too, comment on the CGI right. of yeah. Tarkin. And she was a bit confused. She had overheard someone say about CGI. Oh, okay. And so she thought that that was a character. But right. she was of, of the thought that if no one had told her, she probably wouldn't have noticed. Interesting. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so she was shocked when I told her that he had been dead for that long. <laughs> many, many years. Yeah. yeah, He looks good for being dead for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. But that's an interesting perspective to have because that confirms some of the, the feedback that we've been getting from non-Star Wars fans about mm. the start itself and, and the lack of crawl like you did mention, Trey. Yeah, that's right. I, I definitely think I'm going to pick up this book uh, the novel, novelization on oh, okay. uh, Rogue One because I heard it fills in more things with like uh, Bogey and one on other characters yeah. explores a little bit more of their elements so definitely going to pick that one up yeah yeah. and this movie continues to absolutely dominate the box office had a massive weekend over this New Year's weekend and all that and that's one thing we should say Happy New Year's to everyone from yes the that's right happy 2017 yeah, yeah happy New Year's guys stay yeah. safe <laughs> have a good year yeah but as this movie drives into 2017 it continues to dominate the box office here it's it's now has a over 400 million dollar total domestically and over 350 million dollars in the foreign market not including china it does open in china this week and it seems like disney has really taken a liking to this december slot rogue one did really well or has done really well force awakens did unbelievable in this slot we do have episode eight dropping this year in that same december time frame and it looks like early reports are stating that disney is looking to move the han solo anthology movie due out in 2018 into that December's time slot as well, which seems like a very smart move. They seem to be planting that flag. We've discussed this before on the podcast about whether or not Disney should just plant it there and say, look, Avatar, take a hike (laughs) into January or wherever. (laughs) Star Wars is owning this. In the last two years, they've made almost $3 billion in that December time frame, which is insane. Episode 8 (laughs) is going to do gangbusters as well in that same time slot. Because you look... Rogue One has got three straight weeks here, and there's nothing really opposing it. You've got a lot of Oscar bait films yeah. dropping. And yeah. Sing. And yeah. <laughs> Passenger. What is that, by the way? I saw that. It's like yeah. one of the highest grossing movies. I know. What it's, is that? It's like American Idol or X Factor meets like animals, Zootopia. basically. Zootopia. Yeah. Right? Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's a. It's like animals and they sing. They have this underground sing club, like this X Factor. Okay, because the first rule of underground sing club is you don't talk about underground sing club. <laughs> well, I was looking at like the biggest movies of the year, and then the Sing movie popped up. Yeah, I was like, I have no idea what this right? is. Like it's number yeah. thirteen. Already. Yeah, like yeah, or uh, the mermaid from China was like in the top ten for a while there, and it's like five hundred million China, two million North America. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Chinese market, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, it makes a lot of more sense of what uh, Disney's doing switching out Han Solo's movie there because I think in May it's going up against Transformers, yeah. um, it's Jurassic good. World, and, in, and yeah. Infinity War. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that, you have to yeah, be yeah, yeah. eating themselves. Yeah, there, right. Yeah. 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 So, and I, I guess this kind of diminishes what I thought earlier. I think maybe a couple of podcasts before, I, I thought we were going to get two stars movies a year. I think by them doing this, that definitely shuts that theory down. We're sticking to just probably one movie a year. Which I think is for the best. You don't want to like oversaturate the market. Well, at least for now. I mean, until we're done the, the saga films, the episode eights and nines, I think we'd have to see. But for now, I think it's just going to be a one, a one, a one movie a year. Yeah. yeah, and I'm happy with that. I yeah. don't really think we need more than one Star Wars film a year because yeah. we get the other content, right? It's yeah, the not books, like... the novels, everything, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And even with the the Rebels TV shows, and there's talk of another yeah. TV show taking That's that right. over eventually. And yeah. so we do get all this content to fill in that space in yeah. between the, the movies here. And even with 
the saga films, getting another movie franchise stuck in between it, I think is a really cool concept as well. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting, this non-linear franchise narrative, right? Because we're not really used to this. This is a good question for you, Sanjay. Were you confused about where this movie sat or did you have a good idea as far as you know, relative to A New Hope or relative to Revenge of the Sith or these other movies, even The Force Awakens, like, were you shocked that Ray and Finn weren't in it? Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. I heard going in that this takes place, like, it ends, what, like, two minutes before A New Hope begins? Yeah. And I don't know what the third one, episode three, is called, so I assumed it takes place About after 19 that? years before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is in between three. three and four. So yes. Kind exactly. of. Star Wars 3.75? Even more, <laughs> 3.9. <laughs> so here's a question for you guys, because you guys are the two biggest Star Wars fans I know in this room. When you guys go back now, are you guys going to, when you watch your Star Wars films and have like a Star Wars marathon, how are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch this one and then New Hope? Or are you going to watch one, two, three, and then this one, then New Hope and keep going? Or how, how are you guys going to watch your marathons going forward? Yeah, I'm going now uh, one, two, three. One, two, three, Rogue One, episode four, five, six, seven, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I always got to start with the prequels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think unless you're new to the franchise, I would recommend in that case that you start at either Rogue One or even episode four. Because that's going to be the interesting new debate, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you send someone new to the franchise? Because I yeah. always used to say episode four. Right. But mm-hmm. do you send them to Rogue One now? I'd say Rogue One. In yeah. that case, you definitely send them over to it, Rogue One because it just kicks it. It just picks up right after. Or but right does, does that diminish that? I'm gonna, spoilers here for Rogue One. I'm right. sure everyone's seen it. But yeah. does that diminish that Vader scene? Because going forward, or even the scenes that you do see in A New Hope, because you've seen this unreal Vader scene, yeah, and then you see Vader kind of hobbling through a fight <laughs> in A New Hope, does, does that affect the viewership of A New Hope? Because of how big Rogue One is it, for some of those scenes, if, I can see if, that. If you can look past just like you know what George Lucas could do yeah. back then for the fight choreography, I think it, I think it's okay yeah. because you you really get that good sense of Vader's pissed leading right into Episode Four. And we talked about this going into this movie for at least a year now. Mm-hmm. Why is Vader so mad? Yeah. Right? Or we knew why he's mad, but we want to see if they'd capture that in Rogue One, and they do. Yeah. yeah. Right. So for me, I, you know, and after watching the movie the first time. I, I watched it the next day, episode four, and it's just oh, okay. it's, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Well, as a Star Wars yeah. fan, I agree with you. Yeah, that. That's <laughs> not diminish anything. But just sending someone new to the franchise, like yeah. the day we introduce our children to this right? franchise, how yeah. are we going to show this to them? Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's it's an interesting yeah. topic. I'd like to kind of maybe, maybe they'll go back and like digitally enhance Vader's like lightsaber battle with Obi Wan. Maybe because my thinking is if you start at episode one, two, three, then it, um, from what I've heard, I haven't seen them, but they are the worst three of the franchise. So, I don't like using the word worst. Okay. Sure. We're not prequel well, haters here. We're not prequel haters. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, three's up there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's just like a lower three. <laughs> now that Rogue One is more or less complete here, that's 2016. We're here to look at 2017. We're here to look at 2017 in collecting in TV, books, comics, and film. So we're going to start off here with our most anticipated 2017 collectibles action figures all those type of things my collection this year personally is going to be heavily focused in on star wars surprise surprise what no 2016 was a massive year for star wars collecting and i think 2017 is going to be equally as big my marvel collecting like i stated last week had slightly diminished towards the end of the year and unless marvel comes out with a massive line of cinematic universe 
type legends, I'm going to be really pulling back on those. And I think I'm going to stick with that, hopefully. (laughs) I'm happy grabbing one or two legends per wave if they're the cinematic versions. But Rob over at Generation X-Wing pointed this out on Twitter the other day. How do you afford collecting? (laughs) And I think it comes down to budgeting and really picking and choosing what you love. So Mm -hmm. what are you guys looking forward to in 2017 when it comes to collecting? Uh, The Sandman wave, man. Marvel Legends. I love this wave. I um, actually just got the Green Goblin today. Oh, yeah, nice. I, you found it. Eh? I found it, yeah. Nice. And I, I got uh, a couple other cool figures in that wave. So, yeah, the Marvel Legends, I'm liking. The DC animated figures, I got a big stack of those, but I want to get back into them and get, like, you know, more of the vehicles this time oh. around as opposed to just the figures. Is this the Batman animated series? The Batman animated oh, okay, series, nice, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think there's even a Batman Beyond coming out, too. Really? Yeah, they even did the animated Superman. It's a deluxe set. Oh, really? Him and Lois. So, yeah, I'm going to be on that for sure. They're finally pumping out more than just Batman action figures at DC. Well, that's what I always wondered because the animated series for Superman is kind of underrated. It's a really good series and yeah. the figures, you know, just go hand in hand with the with the Batman. Or the Justice League. Or the Justice League. Yeah. There you go. So I'm looking at that and of course the Black Series, right? Yeah. Like I love the Black Series. I'm, I'm really taking it easy and cutting back on the Marvel selects though mm-hmm. just because I haven't really seen anything good coming out since the Captain America Civil War and Cap's the only figure I got out of yeah. that series well the legends almost take the place of the selects i find like i yeah. used to got by the selects as well and that was yeah. before i got into the legend series and mm-hmm. the legend series is much more expansive that's just it as well as the articulation is about the same mm-hmm. i think the selects are slightly cheaper they are but i find bigger. the details better yeah i actually like i actually do prefer those figures more it's just there's not enough there's, yeah. there's so much of the legends going on and you just get more for that series so uh, yeah that's about it I'm just keeping it down to the Black Series of course I can't wait to get my hands on like a Qui-Gon and a, oh, yeah. a Chirrut oh man <laughs> so the Black Series is going to be huge for me yes. as well this year so we've got Bayes and Chirrut dropping at some point here there's nice. rumors that it's going to be delayed a bit but we did have some announcements at last year's San Diego Comic Con or Toy Fair I can't remember quite which one but we do have the Emperor's Royal Guard dropping oh, which nice. looks really good there's the Hera from Rebels which is going to supplement the Sabine the Kanan and the Ahsoka really well nice there's Lando, Qui-Gon, a Tusken Raider, and Jaina Solo. So that was the EU figure, the fan's Whoa. choice from Hasbro's San Diego Comic-Con contest that they hold every year. So that's the original like solo twins, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, the, wow. the, the female, yeah. So they're doing her. So they're doing EU stuff. That's the same as the Revan was fan choice as mm-hmm. well, right? So they are continuing to dip into that EU to provide the fans with the figures that they want, which is really cool. And we're inevitably going to get a couple massive episode eight waves as well right in the black series looking at potentially two waves another big force friday coming down the pipe probably september early late september so look out for that that's one of my most anticipated days of the year yes hopefully we get a little bit better like, step it up towards us <laughs> yeah we've had yeah. two two years of slight disappointment yeah. uh, not so much on the action figure finding end but more yeah. on the event end so yeah, we're looking exactly. forward to that but it looks like it's going to be a big year in star wars yeah and then you add in lego and funkos on top that's of right. that yeah. those are my key focuses this year i've kind of dropped out of the posters and i know sanjay you were getting big into the posters this year yeah so if you saw that tweet i uh, threw up a couple of weeks ago i have the uh, whole dc cinematic universe so that's man of steel bvs suicide squad just picked up the new wonder woman and i have the nolan trilogy on the other side of my movie room so i'm looking for room for the justice league movie poster because taking the mcu as an example i always found the avengers movie posters were the best better than the individual ones and so i'm really looking forward to see what dc does with justice league and seeing what kind of cool movie poster we're going to get out of this i was a little disappointed i really liked the bvs one i got but i thought they could have done better i really like the wonder woman one so that no disappointment there that's the best one i like yeah, yeah i like sure. that one too man of steel they killed it on that mm-hmm. one as well suicide squad was something different i like that 
Um, but yeah, I really want to see them step up to the plate and knock it out of the park. Just like the first Avengers one where it has the whole team and it's, yeah. you know, you can see like the battle of New York in the background. I want something like that just yeah. with Justice League. Do you think they're going to have either uh, masks off or like, do, are you a fan of like when these heroes have their masks off or do you like them when they have the masks on? I, I prefer mask on. I yeah. understand mask off to sell the movie, I yeah. guess, but that's not how they would be in the comics and that's not how they would be. You know, in the movie, yeah. so keep the mask on. Yeah, you always gonna have Donnie's face out there. Yeah. Right? Every always. single yeah. Iron Man poster, Avengers poster, his face is out. So yeah. you gotta have it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I forgot to mention about Star Wars collecting here is the the five POA figures. I'm still Ooh. deep into these. I'm still looking for a way. I was talking to a few guys on Twitter earlier yeah. about displaying these, and there's some suggestions from guys over at Yak Face and a few other places about how to display these, kind mm-hmm. of rotating out your different collections so that you don't have a ton of of carded figures hanging there it's just kind of keeping a consistent flow of new figures moving in and out of your collection so i thought that was a pretty cool idea mm-hmm. but the big one for me this year is the thrawn the rebels thrawn figures dropping Ooh. in the three and three quarter inch five poa what's oh, so, the rebels one yeah okay oh, well i guess that makes sense yeah, yeah. so nice. i'm really looking forward to that figure that's that's coming soon that's a wave three so that should be the next wave that drops here in 2017 wicked so that's gonna be a big one. Oh man we need thrawn in the six inch <laughs> yeah, yeah. And before we talk about some movies here and some tv shows i know sanjay you're a big steelbook collector and that's become a huge Thanks Focus. to you, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, I've got you both. <laughs> Before we started this podcast, Tim's like, you got to get into steelbook collecting. I'm like, no, because once I get one, I'll get them all. And of course, it happened to be Star Wars. I got the one Star Wars steelbook, and after that, I've been hooked. So thanks a lot, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you do have quite a collection now, though. Yeah, yeah it's picking up. Um, I think I'm around 50, 60. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the Doctor Strange, they just dropped the image today, yeah. which you called. Yeah, I called it. It's going to be the book of... I don't Vashanti? know. Yeah. No, it's the Vashanti, I don't know if it's in that. The book of Ashanti, the singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be the book. I mean, Marvel's been doing the um, objects theme, so they had the uh, tape player or the cassette from Guardians, right. and they had the disc from Ant-Man. Um, Civil War, they switched it up, which I'm glad, because it was the awesome Cap and Iron Man split down the middle. And now this, we're going to the book. So yeah, no, that looks cool. Um, I'm looking forward to see what Wonder Woman um, steelbook for that one. Looking forward to see Rogue One with steelbook. Who are they going to put on the cover? Jin. Yeah, it's going to be the whole crew, I think. It's going to be that, yeah. that main movie poster they had, would be my guess. Slightly a K2S lost. would be awesome, though. Yeah. yeah. They might, they, Star Wars has a tendency to do a lot of variant covers okay. when it comes to yeah. these things. So yeah. you may get the front, some of the Force Awakens, which is more of a generic front. Mm-hmm. And on the back, you have like the K2 version or K2SO version and mm-hmm. the Jin version and whatever. Oh, yeah. The Vader version. Yeah, because Star Wars normally just has the one figure on the front. If you go back, Force Awakens was Kylo Ren. Before that, I think, was Darth Vader, Yoda. Uh, there's a stormtrooper, I think. Stormtrooper, yeah. 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 Is there an emperor? Uh, Darth Maul. Emperor. Yeah, there's an emperor there's in there somewhere, too. Yeah. Yes. Yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you ask no follow up questions, then yes. <laughs> so, collecting looks to be a very exciting year. We all have kind of our niches here, and mm-hmm. it looks like each individual franchise here is going to fill that to the breaking point almost, <laughs> especially Star Wars. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to collecting here and, and filling up this room a bit more. It's not full enough yet. I feel like I need a ton more shelves. Yeah. But the, I can't wait to see the Lego display, though. Once you get that going on, you know, oh, the, yeah. the Lego display on the walls. Yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. It's, it's be coming. Cool. I've, yeah. I've done some recent Lego building here, and I nice. highly recommend going and grabbing that Kylo shuttle. I did the TIE Striker over the holidays, too. Yeah. Great builds. I'm looking forward to more Lego in, in 2017 here, too. Awesome. Nice. So a big component 
of this show has always been comic books. And like we said, one of our nerdier resolutions was to get back into comics. I went and dropped like 150 bucks at the comic book shop the other day. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I, I hadn't been to the comic book shop in like two months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so far behind. Since we moved, I don't have that accessibility oh, of yeah. just dropping by the comic book shop on the way home. So I yeah. do have to make a separate trip for it now. And because I wasn't fully enthralled with what Marvel has been doing lately, mm-hmm. I just haven't made the effort to get there. But I did go to the comic book shop. I grabbed Civil War. I got up to date on Star Wars and all that. And that's part of a big resolution for me this year is, is to maintain my consistency with comic book reading and catch up on everything that I'd missed. But then I got looking at the solicitations for Marvel going into January, February, and March. And this year looks like a really interesting year. We're coming off the back end here of Civil War Two, which mm-hmm. we had the opportunity, or I had the opportunity to finish here. So I'm not going to spoil anything because the guys haven't finished reading it here. And eventually we will talk about it a bit more. But it was a slight disappointment, mm-hmm. if not a total disappointment, <laughs> coming really? at the back end of it. Yeah, it was just, I felt like there's a lot of buildup to something. And mm-hmm. I'm, I have a feeling that because it was delayed, the delays were caused by rewrites of what uh... the original story was supposed to be and changing things and tweaking who was dead and who wasn't dead and the overall story. Because coming out of it, there seems to be some inferences in the books that you do get following on for that that were dropping before this actually ended of what the outcome was going to be. Mm. And then they've kind of skewed that a bit to to save some stuff. Like It's just really strange. It seemed like they're going down a path and really didn't commit to anything. There's a lot of cool visuals Mm -hmm. and a lot of cool cliffhangers, but they never really materialized into much. And they just kind of just ended it mm. and it's so unfortunate. Yeah. a little bit disappointing here that's one of the first events that i haven't been enthralled right. with. like i think there's some really cool ideas in there and they just didn't really follow through with them right. which is a bit disappointing so i'm looking forward to going into 2017 with marvel comics and looking at something different and the first event that they have here dropping in january is this monsters unleashed wow event so very different going back and revisiting some of these monster tales pre stan lee pre ditko era of marvel comics into Mm -hmm. this monster comics but what's happening is these monsters are invading the marvel comic book universe wow and it's a team up of every single avenger guardian champion defender a lot of crossovers (laughs) lots and lots of crossovers they're going to be tagged with this dot mu one or whatever similar to how they did age of ultron with the au and so they're going to be tie-ins but they're going to be kind of slightly separate stories so it's an interesting take on a much larger event especially with the fact that we've just spun out of Civil War II and we're jumping directly into another event. Wow. I'm starting to feel that fatigue that I yeah. said I would never yeah. feel when it comes yeah. to events. Well, I'm liking what they're doing with the Steve Rogers stuff. Really well done. It's a unique take on the character, so I'd recommend getting into that book. But a lot of my comic book reading, I think in 2017, is really going to be focused in on Star Wars. Yeah. Come to the dark side, Tim. Come to <laughs> DC. Come I think to DC. Is, I think this is the first time I've ever expressed any sort of doubt in Marvel Comics on this podcast. That's yeah. how it happens, yeah. and then he'll pick up a Batman issue, and he'll be like, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> he tried, though. He tried. Yeah. Yeah. I did try. I did if try. At first, you don't succeed. Dust yourself off and try again, Tim. I don't know, man. I don't think you ever see me going that <laughs> <laughs> I do play up to this fanboy divide of DC Marvel a lot here on the podcast, but I have tried DC stuff. I do enjoy some of it, and maybe I will get into it, but I like some of the books with the books. We talked about this last week, so I'm not going to get too far into mm-hmm. it here. But one interesting thing with the Star Wars books, and I didn't realize this, is that the Yoda story that dropped this week 
in, or last week, sorry, in issue 26 of Star Wars is actually a four-issue arc oh, cool. of a Yoda story. So this okay. goes right through to issue 29, which takes us through to March 2017 with the Star Wars books. Nice. And I haven't read that book yet, but I'm interested to see. It's a kind of a prelude to Yoda's story, right. which is interesting. The furthest we've gone back so far in canon, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's pre-Phantom Menace. And this is nice. kind of maybe sitting in the same era as the Darth Maul comic that's dropping in February, which is another big one on my radar here. Mm-hmm. For it. So I'm really looking forward to what Star Wars is pumping out in the Marvel land, and I'm hoping that once March comes, because that seems to be the big turnover date in Marvel right now, is that yeah. that's the end of Inhumans versus X-Men. We're getting a lot of new series starting. The Clone Conspiracy ends then. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Marvel still, and I'm hoping that they plow through this first weird event yeah. and get through <laughs> the other side and just get some continuity amongst their books and just tell a larger story within a series. That's yeah. all I'm hoping for this yeah. year in comics. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of a, you know Marvel event fatigue, especially when it comes to like the big events. Um, mm-hmm. the sp- I might be biased. I like the Spider-Man events. I don't really mind them so much. You're, yeah. you're telling me great things happening in, in Cap, but when it comes to these big, big crossovers and you know reading Marvel comics now since 2009. Around, yeah. I'm pretty fatigued out with these uh, with these events. So I wish they would just kind of just give us some good stories and and really follow through with what they're going to lead up to, right? Because I feel like they get so high, and then when it rolls out into like their volumes, you could say now they're just kind of flat, and you're just waiting and waiting, and then they give you something big again, and they restart, and it's just this pattern, and it's just ongoing, and it's over and yeah. over again. We look at the great example of the Avengers Hickman yeah. run right. from a couple of years ago. It yeah. was great almost run. 50 issues long. Yeah, it did have that Infinity War crossover event within it, but it builds into it so well. Yeah. That's one of my favorite runs of comic books in the Love last five years. That was awesome. It was so well done. And it felt planned out. Like, they knew what they're doing from yeah. start to finish. Exactly. Yeah. And that bled into the time runs out and Secret Wars yeah. adventure, which I think was really well executed. Coming out the other side, not so much. Mm-hmm. But that whole run, that was like a year and a half, two years of Avengers comics. That, right. that, they were so good. They just need more of that continuity. Like, that book, I think, got up to 44 or 45 issues or something like that. Yeah. They just yeah. need more of that in a, in a whole narrative across exactly that, that one comic book that and started and ended with the with a concept right mm-hmm. and that's what marvel needs more of now it's none of this stop start stop start stop <laughs> exactly and they can do it i mean they do star wars all the time they're doing yeah. it right now in these star wars books and and the, and the shows and yeah. the comics so i don't know why they're not doing that in the in the marvel properties right do you think marvel's going to reboot or renumber this year Oh, I mean, for sure. Times. Yeah, for I sure. mean that's so disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. You know, you just—it's nice in your collection, as you said, with Hickman's run. You got up to issue fifty. You know, when is the next Marvel series going to get up to fifty? Never, never. No, no it, it sucks. You know, I had I had Spider-Man up to seven hundred issues. Yeah, and then they restarted it since after Superior about three times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to go back because I mean DC did that with Action and Detective. But I then love they that. Went back they will go back. Yeah. I guarantee they'll go back. Once I it gets so. close to eight hundred, yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. So, I know we've been hitting on Marvel a lot last couple episodes. So, <laughs> Sanjay, tell me a bit about DC. Get me encouraged here to maybe revisit some of the Rebirth stuff. Life's pretty good at DC. I've been really loving it, to be honest with you. I mean, we got, of course, with the Suicide Squad movie coming out, Justice League versus Suicide Squad. And on paper, it sounds like a mismatch, but they actually pit it together pretty well. Um, how it turns out, and of course, Suicide Squad, you know... Always the bad guys always, you know, come out on top at first, but uh, they do it organically and it makes sense. And they're two issues in, so I'm looking forward to see how that turns out. And then Jeff John sent out a tweet. I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, he sent out a tweet saying he's going back to writing comics. And the image he had attached was Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. Oh, maybe because him and Ben Affleck are starting to bump heads and uh, Ben Affleck's about to walk off Batman there. (laughs) 
So is he relinquishing his role in the DC Cinematic Universe? No, no, no. He's he's just adding this. He's coming back. Uh, what because he's not busy enough? Yeah, <laughs> like he figures he figures that the, the foundation for that it's universe stable. is stable. It's yeah. stable. It's on yeah. solid ground. Oh yeah, one point five billion last year, guys. Yeah. They're making houses of twenty dollars bills. That's how much money they made. <laughs> I'm curious to know with this. Um, Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Is it yeah. the team from Suicide Squad similar to the movie? Or is Pretty it kind of... much identical. You even yeah. have uh, Enchantress, who's a new member, who oh, wasn't yeah. in the comic before. But they added uh, Killer Frost, who's the only new member. Killer so, Frost? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Killer Croc's in there. Um, El Diablo. Cool. Harley Quinn. Um, who else was in the movie? Rick Flaggy. How about Slipknot? Is it Slipknot? Uh, no, Slipknot's not that. <laughs> Didn't he die in the first round? <laughs> he did, yeah. The movie? <laughs> yeah. Who saw that coming? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> not him. <laughs> True. <laughs> not the actor. They're like, yeah, you're going to be in this big blockbuster. He's yeah. like, great, how long? Sign here. Two minutes. <laughs> I'm not on any of the promo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll add you later. <laughs> Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm looking forward to see how the Watchmen connects with the uh, larger DC universe. Yeah. And DC kind of listened to the fans. People just said, we want to hear or we want to read fun stories again. Yeah. We don't want so much you know, continuity um, overlap and just so much confusion. So they kind of simplified things. Everything started again. You know, They rebooted again. I mean, it's only the third time in... <laughs> 75 years so but, they, but it's they working past. yeah i think the motto is creativity over continuity yeah right now over at dc and i'm reading superman right now and i'm mm-hmm. loving it it's just fun stories superman likes being superman yeah. but he's experienced he knows what he's doing it, there's some good stuff going on over in dc right yeah, now i really yeah. like that and then uh lastly the one event comic i'm really looking forward to green lantern versus planet of the apes <laughs> oh uh, yeah so we'll see how that one turns out i'm gonna skip the uh, justice league versus power rangers. power rangers yeah, yeah. You don't want them? There, there's the animated Batman right now with uh, Turtles as well. Oh, really? The yeah. animated one? So last year they did Batman with the Ninja Turtles, yeah. but this year it's different. It's like the animated Batman that we all know with the animated Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, the uh, Batman versus Ninja Turtles was actually a really good I crossover. I heard. Yeah. yeah. Shredder versus Batman. Awesome. You had me at Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Batman versus Batman and I still read it. <laughs> Quickly sticking here with books as we wrap up our comic book conversation here. Audiobooks. Troy and I were big Star Wars audiobook listeners. What are you looking forward to this year? So we've got Empire's End, Thrawn, and Basinger announced for sure. And we're looking at probably some sort of Episode Eight prelude build-in book of some sort. Yeah. What Top we... of my list for yeah. sure is Thrawn. Yeah. Absolutely. Thrawn written by Timothy, Timothy Zahn. Man, what else could I ask for? Like, this is going to be incredible. I, I think over at that house, it's the best guys is Jane Lucino and Timothy Zahn. And I do like Paul S. Kemp, too, who's, who did Lords of the Sith. Claudia Gray. And Claudia Gray, of course. She's, she's, she's two for two right now. She, she's, Shades of Grey? She, she's the best right now. She's incredible. Um, and also, yeah, uh, Bays and Chirp. I, I definitely can't wait for that. I'm probably going to stay away from the aftermath. That's your thing. And I kind of get the story from you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. difficult. I'm, I had a really hard time getting through the last book, Lifetime. I don't know what it is about the aftermath books that I yeah. struggle so much with. Like getting into Catalyst, Ahsoka, Bloodlines, all these. I just mm-hmm. chewed through those. This one, it just takes me multiple repeat listenings to actually get through this. Like I have to revisit it like two weeks later and wow. have to rewind a whole bunch and wow. listen to it again. I don't know why I can't. I don't know if it's the characters mm-hmm. or if we're dealing with a timeline where I feel we should be getting more Luke 
yeah. Han stories like we did with the original EU, and I don't know if that's affecting me a bit there. That's right. So that's probably, yeah, my least anticipated is Empire's End, but there is some revelations about Jakku coming out in those books. So that's what I like. it may have much larger implications for the Force Awakens era in this book as opposed to what we're getting right now which is some loose ties there's a lot of kind of independent stories there's a lot of interludes in these books too that are slightly confusing so telling a lot about what's going on in the universe post the fall of the empire and more or less kind of the building of what becomes the eventual first order it's so there's a lot going on there and i appreciate what it's doing for the universe but it's just not what the original timothy zahn books were Mm. not the original thrawn and so i don't know if i'm still comparing that a bit and i just don't have that same connection to the characters but yeah i disagree with you bays and is gonna be great thrawn's gonna be awesome and i'm hoping we get another catalyst type book or even a bloodlines type book where it describes a little bit more what happened in that between force awakens and bloodlines that six year gap that we have and just describing a bit more so diving a bit deeper into the characters that we are going to see in episode eight so i think look out for that one as well i hope so i hope so uh maybe. celebration maybe claudia gray will announce that she's oh. writing a third book for uh for star wars which would just be fantastic quickly before we get into counting down our top 10 most anticipated films for 2017 tv is going to have another big year here and particularly from the netflix end this is where we're going to be concentrating a lot of my tv watching outside of kind of the normal sitcoms agents of shield and that type of shows but mm-hmm. we do have iron fist dropping this march which nice. is going to be a great follow-up to luke cage eventually the defenders is dropping in 2017 nice. probably in the september time frame so this is going to be the big team up between our netflix heroes jessica jones luke cage daredevil and iron fist mm-hmm. so that's gonna be really cool the punisher series is that's, also dropping this right. year it's the first time netflix is going to drop three marvel cinematic universe shows within the same year yeah so it's gonna be a ton of fun and stranger things oh season yeah two. Ooh, don't spoil i have to see the last episode oh man get into it <laughs> <laughs> i've seen every episode except for the last one so uh no spoilers yeah so. yeah no that's 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 huge this is gonna be a good year for for tv i mean i'm still picking up with flash uh yeah. flash has gotten better arrow's gotten better but that's i'm good probably gonna stay away from arrow uh game of thrones man game of yeah. thrones is gonna be great winter's coming it's summer there man like give him a break and actually uh sanjay your uh your cousin baron has convinced yeah. me to get into westworld so oh, yeah. yeah he's been talking me into that so i'm probably gonna pick up that show and, and continue with rebels obviously yeah and stranger things i can't wait uh iron fist though is just gonna be yeah. so good yeah. right so good and then we're kind of getting a double dose of the defenders in a way because we get defenders the tv show but with thor ragnarok we now know we have hulk obviously but we also have dr strange yeah which is kind of the original defenders team all we're missing is namor yeah so we're kind of getting two uh defenders going on for 2017 it's crazy stuff yeah and we also got the inhumans show dropping on abc with that big event in the imax screening as well might change the world yeah yeah Yeah. so it's gonna be a lot of focus in on comic book tv shows i think at least for myself in 2017 that's what i'm anticipating the most even got legion the tv show is dropping that's right fx right yeah yeah okay i'll have to check that out so that'll be interesting so they seem to be building these really large tv universes around comic book movies around comic book lore and all that so really excited about 2017 in tv watching for sure but it pales in comparison to the films that we're getting this year 2017 is going to be another spectacular year in film i think good choice words for (laughs) yes oh i see what you did there for nerd because we have seven live action comic book movies dropping a star wars saga film entries into the apes fast and furious transformers pirates and kong franchises Remakes of Power Rangers and Jumanji. Yeah. The return of Christopher Nolan with Dunkirk. Revisiting of one of the most celebrated sci-fi franchises of all time, or movies of all time, in Blade Runner 2049. 
as well as the exciting new entry of the Dark Tower with Idris Elba. Yes. And uh, all right, all right. Yeah, and King Arthur. <laughs> King so Arthur, there's yeah. a ton of movies dropping out there. Insane it's insane amount. It's so packed this year. Do you think it's overpacked? Like, in my opinion, I think we're at a, like a pivot. We'll either continue to get great superhero and comic book movies. Or, you know, this could be the year that we start to see the decline, sort of like the Western, how that was big in like the 40s, 50s, and now there's like one Western a year, if that. The thing is, it's just so crowded. I mean, take Spider-Man. I mean, his new movie comes out on my 30th birthday. Age, I just gave you my age right there. That's what we're doing for your birthday. Yeah, exactly. Well, the day before. <laughs> so you're thinking, okay, Spider-Man film, $700, $1 billion worldwide easily, right? You think. But two weeks before that, you get Transformers coming out, another billion-dollar franchise. Then you got Despicable Me one week before Spider-Man comes out, Despicable Me 3. Then after that, you got Planet of the Apes a week after Spider-Man. Wow. And then two weeks after Spider-Man, you get Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. How is it all going to fit together? I don't know. I'm kind of concerned. It's going to be opening weekend sales. It's it's not going to be the turnout that we've been having for the last couple of years. It's all going to be the opening weekend. And then after that, it's going to be Transformers turn and then Dunkard and Spider-Man and what have you. Yeah. yeah. Heavily front-loaded films yeah. when it comes to the money up front. Like, it, like that's all it's going to be. Like, you're going to get Spider-Man doing maybe a week at number one. Yeah. But yeah. it can continue, I think, to have good sales and yeah. maybe a longevity that isn't as long as it would have been if they dropped it in a February. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, we've talked about this loss before about stretching out the movie season. This this idea of blockbusters in the summer isn't going to be a thing going in the future. You can't. It's no. just too many movies and they're just too expensive. Spider-Man's probably going to cost $200 million to make. I don't know. The last one much. did. The last yeah. one cost $200 million. Yeah. Probably because you got Robert Downey Jr., this yeah. time around, and you got great, and then you got um, Michael Keaton as yeah. well, right? That's it's a star-studded cast, so yeah, they got the work cut out for them. Yeah, this is definitely the year to watch as far as how that develops, as far as maneuvering your films to get that one or two weekends. Like this is where you're seeing Disney pivoting into December yeah. with their Star Wars franchise and leaving the Marvel tentpole movie at the start of May. That's that's something that they've established themselves and they pushed away Batman vs Superman last year. Mm-hmm. They slotted in Guardians this year, moving it up from I think a July or an August release, like it was the original. So they they really captured that that first of May, and that was a move that they made originally to get in front of the summer blockbuster season. And now that whole month is packed full of movies, and we're seeing movies step into April and even Deadpool last year into February, February. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're going to see Logan here try to take advantage of that as well, dropping this March. So I think you're right, Sanjay. I think it's a year to watch as far as how these movies do and then how it probably spreads out more in 2018 and going forward. It's it's no longer about having that July. Because I even find for myself, it's harder to make time in July for me to go watch movies than it is in March, April, May, right? Because you're in the middle of your holiday season, your summer holiday season. And I just found that it's, it's more difficult. I'm traveling lots. And so I don't have that same opportunity to go see movies. I'm going to make the time to go see Spider-Man, obviously, oh, and Planet of the Apes. But at the same time, I'd like to see them spread out more. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, Hollywood moves quick. Look at Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, that movie was supposed to launch a franchise, Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, you know, it still did, like, what, $700 million, But yep. it didn't meet expectations. So they canceled that entire film universe. So, you know, if films, you know, disappoint in 2017... 2018, 2019 could look vastly different than it does today. I mean, we have all these, you know, projected movies and, you know, they all sound good in theory, but will we get to all of them? Well, I'm not so confident. Yeah, because I think we would have had Fantastic Four coming up pretty soon. Yeah. And we would have already had Amazing Spider-Man 3 on Blu-ray by yeah. now, which is crazy to yeah. think. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, I mean, 
We all wanted to see Fantastic Four sequel, right, guys? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I want to see Fantastic Four. Phase four. Phase four, right? <laughs> Hands down. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, let's get into this. We're going to count down our top 10 most anticipated movies, films for 2017. And we're going to start from number 10. I'm going to work our way okay. down. I'm going to throw it to Troy here to toss out number 10 on his list. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see these lists because I have a feeling they're going to be vastly different, you particularly so? at the bottom here. You think so? I think they're going to be exactly the same. We all want to see monster trucks, right, guys? Oh, God. <laughs> so that movie hasn't even come out yet, and the studio has already written down a $100 million loss. Wow, no screenings, I'm sure, for that yeah, one. Yeah, if that makes 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'll be surprised. Yeah. I'll go, if that makes okay, if that makes ten percent around tomatoes, I'll go see it in theaters. Wow, how about that? Go. I'll throw wow. that down. Yeah, no. Uh, start off with my number ten, man. The Dark Tower. Oh, I, I really want to see what this is about. Cool cast, you know. You got Idris Elba and you got Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I'm not familiar with the books, but I do hear you kind of have to read at least the first two to get involved with this book. So I am going to pick up those actually on Audible as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. So is this Stephen King? Stephen King's novel, yeah. Okay. I don't know who's direct. Nic- Nikolai something another. I forgot his. Oh, is it the guy who did Drive? Oh, oh if it is, I'm even more sold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and is this horror or? Uh, this... no, it, it's 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 more. I don't want to say fantasy, but I think it's kind of um, sci-fi. I don't know, really, not really sci-fi. Yeah, either. kind of suspenseful. I, I don't. I don't really know. Okay, because really yeah. typically I find Stephen King is horror films. There are exceptions. They mm-hmm. don't typically translate well. Into the big screen. Right. His other work, like um, Stand By Me, Shawshank Redemption, oh, Green Mile. favorite movie. They yeah. all kill it. Yeah. So, you know, if this isn't horror, then that makes me more excited to see it. I it's definitely not horror. horror no. yeah, it's definitely I think not. this was supposed to be something much larger. I think Ron Howard was originally slated to direct this. And I right. think we're supposed to have like a TV show that built into a movie or vice versa. Yeah. Because of the... The, the, the scale of the movie. The scale right? of yeah. the books and all that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they've gone away from that and just centered in on a movie. Because yeah. they did at one point, I think... Had like Matthew McConaughey attached to yeah, it. Yeah, I think he still is. I think it's, is... It's, it's, it's him and uh, Idris. Okay, cool. Matthew McConaughey is playing actually uh, the protagonist, actually, which okay, is going to be cool. really cool. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. So that one actually makes my honorable mention. That's cool. one I think yeah. is going to sit there as a dark horse for me. Yeah. I, I'm not super pumped about it because I don't really know much about right. Dark Tower and I've heard lots of good things about mm-hmm. it. But I think that's going to be a movie that I'm going to wait and see. If, if it does get the good reviews, I'll yeah. probably force myself into the theater. Nice. And at the end of the day, we'll see. Cool. Cool. Yeah, my wife's really excited about this, so I'll probably see it. But for me, it's just an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you bring up the TV series because if you've seen the uh, Stephen King movie It, which I know you guys aren't really horror fans, so I'm going to say no, you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was originally released as a TV series, and then they collected it all into like a three-hour movie or something. Oh, cool. Like yeah. So. Sanjay, you're number 10. Am I number 10? All right. From the MCU, Thor Ragnarok. Oof. Yeah, I have it down number 10, just because the Thor movies, to me, I think Thor has the weakest trilogy of the solo Avenger films. I mean, Iron Man has been great, um, Captain America has been great, but I just think Thor, you know, has just been average. Um, the first one was okay, I rewatched it recently and I did enjoy it. The second one, I absolutely think it's really bad, but I think they're adding a lot. I mean, you got Hulk, you got Doctor Strange, and you got this whole um, Loki, Odin, Valkyrie, yeah. Hela... Like, I just don't know how long this movie's going to be, and if it's just trying to pump too much in too soon. I don't know. Um, I'm still excited to see it. I'm still going to see it, but I just have some reservations about it, but I'm still super excited to see it, even though I don't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, you know, I have that as my number six, okay. and I kind of feel you where you're coming from with your background of Thor, because to be honest, I'm one of the people that actually didn't like Thor 1 that much. I actually oh, okay. liked Thor 2 
if you could just take out the fact that that comedic relief was horrible, just <laughs> yeah. take her out of that movie. And actually, yeah. I really liked uh, Thor 2 for the fight scenes and the story elements. And, and the villain was kind of weak, too, actually, in the Thor 2. He could have been better. Uh, he could have been, been better. Yeah. Uh, We're going to get M. into all of that in our retrospective. That's right. That's stay right. tuned. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Malachi. <laughs> Malachi, Malachi, yes, yes. Malachi, yeah. But uh, Thor 3, though, man, I, I think that's going to be pretty cool. We've got Planet Hulk. They're going to cover that. But you're right. They are coming a lot in this movie. But I think watching Civil War and watching Winter Soldier and Avengers 1, they're they're getting a real good grasp of covering big stories and, yeah. and putting like three or four stories in one movie. So um, I, I got a lot of faith in, in, fourth, in, in Thor 3. <laughs> and I have even more faith because that's my number three. Nice. Wow. wow. Okay. I'm wow. immensely interested by this movie. I think it's got a lot of elements in there that could make it a very successful movie, a very good movie. I think they're taking the criticism that they've seen in the Thor movies, and I think they recognize this, that this is the weakest of the franchises they have in the MCU. Yeah. That's why we're getting Hulk. That's why we're getting Doctor Strange. Yeah. And that's why we're getting kind of a wild-looking movie. And we have this director, Taika. Yeah. Looks really cool, a bit wild-eyed. Yeah. And we saw some cool set videos. And so there's a lot of elements here that I'm really excited about. And I'm just really curious of what they're going to do with this franchise. At the same time, trying to incorporate the Ragnarok storyline. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot there. I agree with you guys. It does seem very ambitious. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it could be a really exciting movie. Kevin Feige has come out and stated that this is going to be Thor's Winter Soldier. Wow. For the wow. effects on the MCU, for the effects on the Thor franchise. Yeah. So for me, that sits at number three most anticipated film for 2017. So this will be the Jose Batista of the MCU. (laughs) And by that I mean it'll either be a home run or a (laughs) (laughs) strikeout. I think you're right, though, because, you know, they are listening to the fans because they cut out Natalie Portman and they cut out the... uh, Darcy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think the professor is even in there, even though he wasn't that bad. Yeah, he kind of went bonkers in the last one with the pants thing and all that. Yeah, super weird. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard. I mean, sometimes if you listen to fans, I mean, what is the old adage in sports? If you listen to fans and you'll become one... So it's hard. Sometimes you can't please everyone. So if you start yeah. listening to some people, then you won't please other people. So I think in this case, though, you've, you've kind of struck out twice already. Yeah. Yeah. So I think now you kind of have to uh, DC. Well, they're just taking that the, the weakest point, right? Of yeah. the Thor franchise and Natalie Portman and that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I'm excited for it. I mean, I do have it on my list, but uh, a little bit less so than you guys. Yep. Interesting. So the, the diversion already has occurred. <laughs> yeah, so we started. Yeah. My number 10, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Cool. Okay, nice. Yeah. So I'm... I'm like the last film, I'm not a huge fan of it. There yeah. seems to be a lot of people, yourself included, Troy, that really enjoyed that first entry into this franchise. But I'm curious about this. I liked when I went back and revisited this. I really enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. And it's something I'm looking forward to going down the road. The addition of Channing Tatum to the cast. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And we got returning cast, which looks really cool. Yeah. So I'm excited about this film. So that's why it sits at number 10 for me. All right. I have it at number 8. I and mean, this is a film that I missed in theaters, but it was a blind buy on Boxing Day. And as you said, you know, it's just kind of pleasantly surprised me. And, you know, they are adding Sir Elton John as well. So that's another a great casting decision. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I have it as my number seven. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I was blown away by part one, actually, because when I saw it, the trailer in theaters, I was like, this looks stupid. Yeah. Like, I thought it looked so bad. And Samuel <laughs> Jackson with that lisp and his accent. <laughs> And then when I saw it, I was like, whoa, this is actually one of the best villains I've seen on TV or in, on the big screen in a while. You know, because he actually had, like, a motive of what he's trying to do. Actually, he kind of made sense. It was a little extreme, but kind of <laughs> made sense. And, uh, man, that church scene when... Oh, yeah. He, so yeah, good. Yeah. So good, right? Yeah. So what more can I say? And, and Matthew Vaughn's returning. I think oh. he's one of the best directors out there. Yeah. Highly underrated. He's great stuff. So he's returning. I'm sold. Number and seven for me. Isn't this based on a Marvel comic book? Graphic novel, um... God, that did Civil War. How did I forget his name? Mark Miller. Mark Miller, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also Old Man Logan. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he uh, he made this book there. So Miller Mark Millar. 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 Mark Millar. I just call him Miller. Yeah. Mark Millar. Cool. So it looks like that's one on all three of our lists. Yeah. I'm going to drop a bomb right here. Number nine, Wonder Woman. Okay, okay. I see how you do. I'm just going to go move Guardians down one or two slots then. This was not because I'm a a DC hater or a universe hater. I just still don't have the confidence in this film that it's going to produce something that I'm going to be happy with. I I like Gal Gadot. I think she was okay in Batman vs. Superman. Okay, she was awesome. I know I've said that she's good in the past. Maybe she was one of the highlights of that film. I don't really know. But when I've gone back and revisited the one time I did, I was kind of like, eh, the character, it doesn't really do much for me. I would have preferred her maybe introduced in her own solo movie before going into batman vs superman i don't really know this universe i'm still stuck on it i'm still yeah. not confident in it but this could be the turnaround point for me so if this movie does really well i could see <laughs> justice league bumping up a little bit higher on my list mm-hmm. here but for me right now this sits at number nine i'm a wait and see on this one that's why it sits so low and because i'm not excited about the universe that's again why this sits pretty low on my list oh fair enough uh, Troy, where does, where this is number movie? five for me, okay. and uh, I have a lot riding on this movie because this is kind of the make or break <laughs> for me. If if this movie bombs, I'm I'm checked out. Like I just I can't take any more of this beating from DC because I, I back up their comics. Yeah. I can't back up the movies any longer if this movie sucks. So yeah, it's so number five for me. I like what Gal Gadot did. I love her theme song. It grew on me. I hate it. Yeah, it's see, so it, good. The, the first time I left the movie theater, I was like, that song's horrible. The yeah. second time I watched it, I was like. I love this song. Yeah. So um, I thought she was great in BVS for the lines she, that she had. They didn't really give her much to work with, but I thought she was cool. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do. I like the trailers. I love the posters. I like the, all the marketing so far that's gone into this movie. Mm-hmm. I like the era they're capturing. And I like that this movie looks the most different than any other DC movie that we've got so far besides Suicide Squad. But this looks like it's in the right direction. I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. I hate that. Well, we saw with Rogue One, the one on one trailer is attached to it. When okay. that theme song came on, I almost got up and walked out. I, you would never rock away, walk away from Rogue One. I never would. That, 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 you called me on my bluff. But I hate that electric guitar theme song. That's hilarious. Yo, we is, should play that when Tim enters now into the room or something. It's awesome. I listen to it before I go to the gym or something. You know, it did Hans, you Hans, uh, Hans Zimmerman? I think Hans, Hans Zimmer? Zimmer or Junkie XL. Oh, okay. one of the two did yeah. it, yeah. Okay, because I know Hans Zimmer does a lot of DC stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think he might have retired. So I think BVS was his last one, but I could be mistaken. Movie we'll put him in retirement, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Go out on top. <laughs> I have Wonder Woman number two. For me, uh, you know, a lot of writing on this film for myself as well. Um, not so much if it'll be good or not. I've enjoyed the previous three DC entries. But I just want to, you know, it'd be nice if the critics and the rest of the fandom could get behind it. Tim, I gotta ask you, so what would Wonder Woman, what does this film have to do for you to jump on the DC bandwagon and be like, wow, they got it back. Like, this is, DC is like, okay, I'm confident now in their universe. I need to see a standalone story that ties into a universe. Mm -hmm. I still haven't got that yet. I want to see a good character. I want to see good writing. I want to see good editing. Yeah. I feel like I haven't gotten any of that in the film. I don't want to be sitting in the film and squirming around being like, oh my God, what are they doing here? What are they doing here? There's a, a very straightforward explanation for this instead yeah. of going around these curves and bends and, yeah. and trying to do all this universe building. I think this movie out of any of them has the best opportunity to not suffer from universe building. I think yeah. that they've gotten off to too quick of a start they've kind of jumped in front and said we need a universe established and we're going to do all of that in batman vs superman i'm not going to talk about this but (laughs) until we do the dcu revision yeah (laughs) retrospective yeah i just need to go into it and enjoy the film that's in front of me i Mm -hmm. will walk into this with really low expectations but i will give it a chance i will give it a chance in theater because i think it will benefit from a big screen viewing Mm -hmm. but i need something that engages me i haven't been engaged like suicide squad halfway in i was like i'm checked out of this movie this is dumb yeah but 
Wonder Woman, I think like it's low on my list because I'm walking in with those expectations. But at the same time, I think it does have the potential to blow me away at the same time in the sense that it could just be a good movie. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we do have a strong female character in the lead here that could also benefit the movie a lot. But at the same time, I'm not hanging my hat on all of that. Like this, this has to do the yeah. same that it's doing for Troy. If this doesn't do well, you know, this, this universe is never going to hear the end of it. For yeah. Me. If this doesn't do well, kiss Justice League goodbye. Yeah. Kiss the rest of the DCU goodbye. Um, but I have confidence in Patty Jenkins, Gal yeah. Gadot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it looks like a great story. Um, I wasn't a big Wonder Woman fan 10 years ago and then the new 52 dropped and I didn't even pick up the Wonder Woman comic until like three months in and I've heard nothing but good things about it and everyone said you know you got to pick up Wonder Woman you got to pick up Wonder Woman so I did and I instantly fell in love with the character and fell in love with the comics and I've been a reader avid reader of hers ever since um, it's probably like the first book I read when you get, you know, your new stack and you're like, which one am I going to read first? Right. Wonder Woman for me always is first, just thanks to the uh, great Brian Azzarello run. Yeah. The one thing I'm a little bit concerned is if they're going to do the contest to see, you know, how she gets. You're really hung up on this contest. <laughs> well, it is very important. It's like having Batman not witness his parents die in front of him or Superman going to Earth from Krypton as a teenager. It's like very vital to the character of Wonder Woman. That, you know, she wins, she's the best Amazon, she proves it, and then her mother says, okay, you can go to man's world. To me, it's very important. It's like, it's iconic. You've got to have it. If they don't have it, it'll be a huge misstep, and I'll be very disappointed. Um, so I'm really hoping they have it. She looks like she's sneaking off to man's world. I know, I know, I know. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, what do you got to do number nine? Number nine, I have Alien Covenant. Which uh, the oh. trailer just came out uh, this week, actually. Yeah. And man, I'm excited for this one. I know a lot of people didn't really receive Prometheus that well. I actually liked it, being how I'm not really big into the Alien universe. So my first viewing of uh, Prometheus, I loved it. And now, knowing that uh, really Scott's coming back to direct this film, which takes place after, so it's a sequel to Prometheus... Saw the trailer, my mind was blown right off the bat. This has elements of horror, which Sanjay here yeah, loves. Still has sci-fi. Michael Fassbender is one of the best guys in the business. Visually looks stunning. I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Yeah. Awesome. This is an honorable mention for me. I just don't know too much about it. Um, you know, you mentioned the Alien franchise. Everyone's favorite nerd director, Josh Whedon, directed Alien 3, I think, or Alien 4. So Wasn't that one of the bad ones? It's one of the bad ones. Yeah. But check it out if you're a fan of Josh Whedon. Um, unfortunately for me, this one's an honorable mention until I see more about it check out that trailer man yeah cool okay i'll have check to check out it out after this yeah. episode did not make any of my list <laughs> <laughs> i'm not super into the alien franchise yeah. i know a boy izzy nobody is gonna kill me for that oh he's man huge into this universe. has the figures yeah, yeah. he does really? so oh yeah Again, wait and see if it gets good reviews and that. I yeah. did see Prometheus. I didn't get the white dudes. And yeah. Didn't get some yeah. Of it, so. yeah. The engineers? Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a chance here, but probably more of a Netflix, Blu-ray type thing. For nice. Me. I'll Maybe let you guys know Digital code is. from Sanjay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll have to get the steelbook on this one. We get number nine, Sanjay. Uh, number nine, Blade Runner 2049. So normally, you know, sequels, which are over 20, year old, or 20 years overdue, don't really excite me. But you throw in the director, um, Denis Villanueva. He's French-Canadian, so I butchered his last name. I'm sorry. The guy who did Prisoners, Sicario, and then the brilliant film Arrival that just came out this year. He has me excited about this project. You throw in Ryan Gosling. Uh, you throw in uh, Jared Leto, everyone's favorite Joker, right? <laughs> My hopes are high again, so yeah, I'm excited for this. This is uh, number nine for me. Is Harrison Ford coming back? He is. Yes, he, he is. is. I was also. surprised to see him in the trailer, actually. I did not realize wow. that he's going back and probably killing off all of his old franchise characters. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is just uh, the first one, or second one. This didn't make my list, unfortunately. Yeah. I know it's one of the greatest sci-fi 
movies of all time. I did see it in theaters actually when I went to university. Oh, they really? did have it re-showing in one of the independent theaters, so it's pretty cool to see that. But there's like a thousand cuts of the original Blade Runner. Yeah, it's kind of like BVS, where like the ultimate cut is like the best version, then the theatrical cut, and there's like a European cut, and I think an Asian cut as well, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, so a lot of cuts. There's a ton of cuts in this film. Yeah, yeah. And then each of the films, the replicants and all that, like there's some more and more ambiguity depending on which cut you watched about whether Harrison Ford like it's yeah. an interesting franchise and I think they're going to address some of those questions from fandom within this Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. so I'm interested in that aspect of it but again it doesn't sit on my list here at all yeah never made my list didn't make my radar <laughs> yeah. I've never even seen Blade Runner it's never oh, okay. appealed to me um I'm a huge Ryan Gosling fan though yeah. so I'll, I'll I'll kind of take your word on it whether I want to check it out or not to see it but um yeah Got no interest so far. It'd be interesting to see going back with all these, you know, great sci-fi films we had to see if Blade Runner actually holds up. I mean, it was was a touchstone film for the time, and I really enjoyed it. And I think really, uh, really Scott did an excellent job. So I'm looking forward to this. And I think what we should do here for every film that's on our top 10 list and how much they differ, it doesn't really matter. I think they all warrant a review here on the podcast. And then for Blade Runner 2049, one thing that we will do is we'll go back and revisit Blade Runner prior to, like we do with comic book arcs prior Mm -hmm. to going into, say, An Old Man Logan. We'll review that movie and talk about it, kind of do a prelude episode to these. So number eight, my number eight here. Justice League. Okay, I see what you did. I see what you did. Okay, Spider-Man, you're off my list now. (laughs) This isn't about fandom bashing. This is just my confidence in the movie. I'm excited about this because I like the idea of assembling a team, similar to how Avengers was and all that. The aspects of Batman vs. Superman that I didn't like was that. But I'm a little bit more confident that they're going to maybe take some cues and some ideas from Batman vs. Superman that didn't work and integrate them together. The first trailer was a bit of a mess, I thought. And the Flash, Bruce Wayne stuff was interesting, but maybe not. Aquaman looks like a bit of a dick. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm interested to see these characters interact together. And that's why it sits slightly higher on this list for me than Wonder Woman. It's just that I'm more unsure of what this movie is going to be, which gives me a little bit more confidence that it could potentially be something really cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm actually surprised it made your list, to be honest. I was thinking this one was going to drop off, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you uh, putting it at number eight. Uh, for me, it's number one. It's a no-brainer for me. It's like the Avengers coming together. You know, the first time we get Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg. Who else am I missing here? Wonder Woman, of course. Um and, you know, this is the fifth film. This is going to be the fifth film with the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, Avengers was the sixth film with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I feel like, you know, we get we got a solo Superman. If you count Batman v Superman as kind of a Batman film and then a solo Wonder Woman film, you know, we are getting a little bit, you know, I think the timing is right. Um, if they put this in a little bit earlier, it wouldn't have worked as well before Wonder Woman. But because it's at the end of the year, I think, you know, the time will be just fine it'll be just perfect and Zack Snyder's gonna nail it I say this about all his films okay but I think he's gonna nail it uh he's gonna just connect with the audience like he did with 300 or like he did with I guess just 300 (laughs) (laughs) but you know um a lot of a lot of criticism of the DC Cinematic Universe so this one has a lot riding on it but for me it's number one um I'm just super excited and to see Aquaman you know, I'm a huge Aquaman fan as well, and you know, I think he's going to be a standout of the film. Jason Momoa looks awesome. He looks nothing like Aquaman in the comic books, but he looks badass, and I think he's going to dispel all the room or all the uh, talk about Aquaman being lame and being sucky. So, I'm excited. I mean, bring it on. 
Bring on the Justice League. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm looking through my list, and I don't have Justice League anywhere on my list. Troy, you hurt me, buddy. <laughs> I thought we were pals, and you stabbed me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a DC guy, man, all the way, and that's that's probably the reason more so why I just I can't get behind this film, because... Yeah. I don't feel like they're doing the universe justice. <laughs> no oh, no nice pun intended. Fun, yeah. um, I don't like anything I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, the trailer I didn't like. It feels way too small. When I saw the Avengers trailer, it looked massive. I was like, yeah. this is big. This makes sense why all these characters are getting together to take on whatever threat. Seeing this trailer, I was like, this is this is weird. But this you, is... you got you to gotta remember, this. it wasn't a trailer. It was just some footage that they put together for Comic-Con. Right. Just saying, like... Because they had only started filming for, like, three weeks or something yeah. before. Yeah. Again, that's another miss. Like, I don't want to get into yeah. it. That's a misstep. Like, don't put something yeah. out there that you don't have the confidence in yet. Exactly. But... And Brian Singer did the same thing with his Apocalypse. He did the same thing when that's he put right, together yeah. And Apocalypse was purple. And he's like, just, just to let you guys know, this is yeah. just whatever footage that we have. And I was like, well, don't give me that then. Yeah. I'd rather not have that, you know. Uh, come to play, right? So... Yeah. Um, and Aquaman's not doing it for me. He kind of has that look, though. The Aquaman when he only had one arm, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, so he kind of has that look. Um, the Batman suits changed a little bit. I don't like the Flash, and I love the Flash on TV. I don't like this Flash played okay. by um, Miller. I can't Ezra. Ezra, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Yeah, and um, it just everything seems kind of flat for me in this movie. So, yeah, it, it didn't make my list. I don't want to get any more into <laughs> that's it. That's good. That's yeah. good. Low expectations. Yeah. You know, it's easier to jump over a one-foot bar than an eight-foot bar. So. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> good. Well, why don't you lay on your number eight for us, Trey? Number eight, actually, I have Guardians. Yeah, I have Ooh. Guardians on my list for number eight. That's far down. I know it's it's, it's far down. Guardians. It's far down. It's just because I think there's such so many good things coming out this year. But I'm super excited. Like, my it might be low, but I'm still like super anticipating this movie. <laughs> but Guardians is gonna be cool because um, one, it's gonna be one of the, the the figures, the Marvel Legends that I'm gonna pick up, which is cool. I like what they're doing there. Um, the movie as a whole was such a surprise from Guardians One. I had zero uh, information about this this franchise. I saw the movie, I fell in love with um, Rocket. I mean, yeah. how can you go wrong with that character? So this movie, um, it, it feels like it's going to do something a little bit different. I hope so. Uh, it's going to be funny. It's probably going to be one of the funniest Marvel movies we see. Yeah. The effects look great. I can't wait to see um, more Thanos. Hopefully we get some oh, of that going on. I don't know if we're going to get Thanos. You know, we won't get any more. Or, or at least storylines leading up to um, Infinity War. Yeah, they've got to tie into that. They have to tie in with that. And I, I like Kurt Russell. He's a, he's yeah. a pretty good actor. So I'll see, uh, see how that goes. Yeah. Can I uh, make uh, one? If you're listening... Um, James Gunn, which I'm sure he is. Please don't do the dance off scene again for the ending. Yeah, okay, that's, that, that's one that was thing. the one nitpick I had of the first movie. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was kind of, <laughs> yeah. kind of the, weak. the movie was on TV today and I uh, sat down, watched it a bit, and I was like engaged again for the first 30 minutes. And I've seen this film like three times and I was like, wow, this is like a really good film. The humor. Yeah. The humor is incredible. And the heart, too. Yeah. Like the yeah. first five Spot minutes. On. And it's yeah. one of the best ensembles, right? Again, this is what backs um, my, my trust in Marvel because they know how to handle like mm-hmm. a bunch of characters at, at, at once, right? Yeah. And a bunch of really weird characters. Weird characters, yeah. right? Like this, on, on paper, this movie shouldn't have worked. This no, should have been should horrible, have. right? Yeah. So, so yeah. this one, no surprise here, yeah. it sits at my number two. Oh, oh number two. Okay. really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm really I anticipating this is, film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to this film. Guardians is one of my favorite comic book series, even before the film mm-hmm. franchise got kicked off here. I love the movie. I love what James Gunn's doing. This guy is a fantastic writer, 
director combo here. He seems to have the voice of each of these individual characters coming right out of that second trailer. And the tone that they have here is absolutely fantastic. I love what they're doing with this franchise. It's on its own little planet, if you will, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's going to have big implications, I think, at least for the overall narrative when it comes to the Infinity War. They're going to be seeding a lot of these ideas, I think, in this film. And Cosmic is another huge aspect yeah. of the comics that I love. And I, this, this film just hits every single aspect of what I really love about Marvel Comics, particularly from the Cosmic end. Will we get Adam Warlock, though? I want I Adam think Warlock. So. Yeah, I think so. Really do. So we have yeah. Aisha, or whatever her name is, which is a character that's connected to Adam Warlock. Okay. So that there's a character in there that is has deeper connections. I still don't know if we're going to get an Infinity Stone in this. Right. I think that there's going to be something there with Eagle of the Living Planet yeah. having the Soul Stone, and that's why the planet is sentient and all that. I like that. That's okay. my prediction. I don't really know if that's going to come true or not. But I'm really, really looking forward to this movie. It was one of my most anticipated when it first dropped in 2014. Yeah. And it continues through here. I love what I'm seeing here. Nice. I have that at number six. and pretty much echoing the same statements we just made you know it was a great first film looking forward to the second film let's see what they got all right sanjay you're number eight so number eight kingsman 2 we already talked about that um number seven logan logan uh this would probably be lower if it wasn't for that awesome trailer we got that trailer for me was the best trailer 2016 maybe that or wonder woman the thing is that's kind of holding this back from being even higher would be like where does this take place? Like, you know, the whole X-Men timeline is just so confusing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go in it and have fun. And I think that's what you have to do to enjoy this one. So I have that at number seven. Yeah. Uh, Logan, I got at number four, actually, on my list here. Oh. Yeah, Logan, um, I actually didn't mind part two. Except the third act was horrible. The last yeah. 20 minutes was just horrendous in that film. But, I mean, X-Men's track record is better than worse, right? I mean, yeah. for the most part. So, I have a lot of faith. This is the last time we're going to see Hugh Jackman. At least, that's what they say, right? Yeah. As uh, as Logan. I, I'm a big fan of the Old Man Logan storyline, even though I don't see them pulling that much from the comic book that, again, Mark Millar uh, as well did. My only beef with this movie is I don't really like how young, and you and I... Tim and I have gone back and forth about this, how young they've gone with um, X-23. Mm-hmm. That's a missed opportunity uh, with having her that young. I, especially, I, just, I don't like how it's going to be a rated R film with a, like a 10-year-old yeah. slicing and dicing people. Yeah, it especially makes sense to if, if you're going to try and pass the mantle. I mean, I guess they could always say like they, they've, they've cloned her the first time so they can clone her and be older. Yeah. I don't know. But again, that's this more timeline nonsense that X-Men has to <laughs> it's do. It's like retconning all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. You need to retcon. With no. Yeah. yeah. So uh, but I, I love the tone. And just going off this trailer, it just it puts it up so high for me. Yeah. 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 I have it sitting at number six here. No. So... This is another one of my cautiously optimistic films. I have a feeling that from this first trailer, it's getting a lot of hype. I'm still not confident in the story yet. Mm. I really don't know exactly where they're going. I know they're trying to mimic a bit of the old man Logan storyline, at least this far-flung future. But at the same time, I look at some of these scenes, I look how Hugh Jackman looks in some of them. I just don't feel like he's going to be his best Wolverine in this film. And it comes back again to the story. I'm just not confident that it's going to be a good story. I'm, I'm looking forward to being wrong there. But that's why this sits slightly lower on my list. But because it's Hugh Jackman's last outing as Wolverine, that's what's kind of got it up in this list a bit more. And some of the unknowns have me curious here. But I, I echo your thoughts, Troy, there with mm-hmm. X-23. And, yeah. and I like the fact that Patrick Stewart's in there. And yeah. it looks like it could be an intriguing story, but wait and see for me. Yeah. Do you think we're going to finally see him in his classic costume? No. No. I think they missed they yeah. missed that already. Yeah. We should have saw it in X or X2. Uh, actually, even X2. But Wolverine... Two or even X Men yeah. Apocalypse or something. 
Yeah. So it would have worked in that one. Nah, they yeah. need. I, I think they've yeah they've missed the boat on that yeah. one. I, sure. I I think that's actually the worst portrayal of his Wolverine was in <laughs> X Men no Apocalypse. Sense, yeah. yeah. Weird. It, it was yeah. a cool like set of like what is it called when he had like the thing on his face. It was a big throwback yeah. to yeah. the original comic. The Weapon X project. Weapon right? X. Yeah. 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 But it's still kind of funny. Yeah. It's and so amazing. he looked like he was half worked out there too. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. I think this runs off to the forest. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how much the X Men universe or the X Men films always find their way in Canada. <laughs> yeah, true. My number seven, Dunkirk. Oh, nice. hey, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the return of Christopher Nolan, and I'm a huge fan of World War II films, and I think he is the right guy to be doing a story like this. This looks pretty epic, and it's a great story. Like, World War II, these are, like, Saving Private Ryan, one of my favorite films, Band of Brothers, unreal. And if he can take some of those elements and produce a film that tells a very epic story, a very pivotal story in World War II... I, you know, that's why this sits at number seven for me. It's it's not as high as some of these comic book films because that's the universe that we're in. But mm. a different film coming to us and from Christopher Nolan, like he's never really disappointed. Yeah, I'm really excited about this film. I have a number three. Yeah. Really anticipating this film. I, I love Christopher Nolan. I think this guy's a brilliant filmmaker. Um, what sold me the most, actually, it wasn't even the trailer. It was actually the second time seeing Rogue One. I don't know about you guys, but they played like a minute 30 clip of the movie. Oh, I and I was that. blown away. No, I yeah, it was, it was awesome. The, the stuff that is basically about three different storylines going on in, at, at, at once within oh. this minute 30 uh, second trailer. Shit, there. I wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah, so that's what sold me on this film. I can't wait. I really liked Interstellar. I, I love everything um, that he's done. The, the Dark Knight trilogy was pretty good, too. So I can't wait to see this movie. Number three on my list. Okay, yeah, yeah, I have it number three as well. You know, when we went back and we did that uh, top ten or top five directors, yes. he was the only one that was on all three of our lists. Yeah. So, That's right. You know, it's good to see him back in the film industry. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about this film in terms of um, the box office numbers. I'm hearing, like, uh, production budgets of $160, $170 million. And, you know, we talked about how crowded the summer is going to be. Is a World War II movie going to make that back in North America? It's going to be tough to say. I hope it does because then that means he gets more projects. I mean, this guy will always get projects even if this bombs. This is a WB as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he seems firmly ingrained with them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're expecting to make a ton of money off this. Like, these are Christopher Nolan films. Like, they're going to do well, but they're Oscar Bay movies. Like, they're about putting WB on a pedestal here yeah. and bringing some of that pride to the to the studio here mm-hmm. that they're producing these type of films and this isn't a sequel film either like they're not building yeah. a franchise <laughs> it's the only uh, non-sequel or non-franchise film on my top 10 list so that says something definitely uh, the one thing yeah. I thought that looked cool was I mean you see them in the boats and you see the Canadian the old Canadian flag in the boats mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool because a lot of times during World War II movies especially with Hollywood it's just centered on Americans yeah. And I don't know. I don't know too much about the Dunkirk story. Um, I kind of want to like not hear too much about it, so that way I'm kind of surprised for the movie. Um, but from the brief stuff I have heard, the Americans weren't there. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, someone. Um, so I heard it was French, British, Belgians, and Canadian forces. It's nice to see Canadians, you know, in there as well as yeah. a Canadian myself. It was basically one of the pitiful moments of World War II. Essentially, all those there's about four hundred thousand soldiers trapped on a beach with the Germans surrounding them. And there's, I won't tell the story here, but it's it's a really interesting story. And, and what happens, actually, it, it changes the outcome of the war almost. Okay. So it, it's a it's a really cool story to tell. It does have this, not the same effect, maybe, as Storming the Beaches Normandy, D-Day type thing, but it does have a huge impact for the future of the of the war. This this could have ended the war. Yeah. 
way earlier than that. <laughs> that's interesting and you know hopefully um i have to see the film but hopefully this gives nolan his oscar because i think he's deserved it in a couple other films previously um, oh yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. think i think he definitely i mean i'm biased but i yeah. think he definitely should have won for the dark knight but yeah yeah we've got tom hardy in here too yeah. so yeah and harry styles right yeah. so, so who knows yeah. and uh sorry last oscar winner uh mark mark Rylance. Yeah, as well. Oh. Best supporting. Yeah, he's also in there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys are invisible in World War II. Yeah, so you never really see them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So jumping through some of these lists, so we're getting to the point now where we've covered a lot of our upper top five movies here, with the exception of a few here. And I'm going to throw out my number five, War for the Planet of the Apes. Absolutely love this franchise. This is nostalgia for me. This goes back to the original Apes movies that I watched with my dad when yeah. I was quite young i like what they've done with the subsequent rebooting of this franchise and i'm really excited for this this looks like a post-apocalyptic film it looks like we're gonna get a lot of horseback riding yeah. ape <laughs> shooting guns so i'm really excited for this film yeah no i surprise surprise i have it at number five as well so we actually agreed on something there we go <laughs> um yeah no this film has a lot of nostalgia for me i remember new year's eve they used to have the marathons on space and oh yeah that's how i got on planet of the apes and i got the vhs's and then i got the blu-rays so I think this is one of the better uh, franchises that we have going today, and I'm super excited. This is a uh, first day for me, IMAX if it's in IMAX, and 3D if it's in 3D. Nice. Yeah, it's one of my honorable mentions, but I'm a huge fan of the franchise, even going back to the space days. And they just announced, I believe, that Nova has been cast as yep. well, which is huge, right? Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see this movie. I love what they did in part one and part two. So Awesome. Yeah. My number four. Spider-Man Homecoming. Nice. Wow, we agreed again. Yeah. <laughs> really excited for this new Marvel franchise kicking off here. We did get his introduction in Civil War. Really like what they did there. Really excited from the first trailer. We did have the Iron Man, Spider-Man scene, like I said, when we did a bit of a review on that. Yep. Almost flew out of the seat when I did see that. Right. I'm excited for Tom Holland's portrayal of spider-man we get going back to high school yes and troy i'm assuming this is your <laughs> number one <laughs> yeah, number one yeah, yeah. I hands down that, i can't yeah. wait to see this movie everything i've seen of this movie uh trailers and whatnot and promotional art is just having me jump into my seats the first time i saw them when they had that little uh, trailer actually for civil war we saw spider-man i jumped out of my seat and when i saw the trailer itself i jumped out of my seat so <laughs> yeah i think you guys get it i can't wait to see this movie so number one hands down awesome so are you a fan of the uh previous five then a little bit they yeah. both have their their weaknesses weaknesses i didn't like part three for spider-man the sam raimi and i hated part two for the um mark webb oh. spider-man yeah. yeah no fair enough i mean this movie has a lot riding on it it's my number four each spider-man film has made less at the box office in north america than the previous one so i mean spider-man was like a cash cow with the sam raimi trilogy so we got to get back to that i love spider-man i want to see more spider-man films the only one concern is the Vulture. I'm not a huge Vulture fan, but Michael Keaton is the man, so... The Birdman. Yeah, so if anyone can pull it off, it's him, but yeah. uh, maybe it's for the best. I mean, we got these, like, eccentric villains and Lizard and Electro, and it was just all special effects. And mm -hmm. Maybe having a more grounded villain will bring the franchise back to its roots and yep. its uh, heyday. Right awesome. on. I think we've all set our number three and two. Uh, three, Dunkirk. Two, Wonder Woman for me. Yeah. Two for me is episode eight. Episode for eight. sure okay. star wars yeah. can't wait to see this saga film man oh yeah awesome. this this sits at my number one. <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> of course i'm immensely excited to revisit the force awakens era these characters that we grew to love in ray finn poe getting some more insight here on the knights of ren on who snook is and yes and the background of ray there's so much to tell in this film 
And this is going to be a huge film. This is going to be a big part of our lives going forward for the next year. For sure. This is going to be a game changer. This could be like the Empire Strikes Back. Not for the tone, but just for the fact that we get that moment of, Ray, I am your mother or father, right? (laughs) So... Yeah, there's so much to so explore. Much. They left so many cliffhangers in The Force Awakens, so much mm. for us to chew on. And then we have Bloodlines and all yeah. these comic books with Poe that are teasing different aspects of what this Force Awakens era could be for the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And I'm immensely excited to explore this in a lot more detail. Can't wait. Uh, for sure, this is my honorable mention. Oh. Uh, I'm oh. sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, man. I know. I'm never going to come back on this podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm going to see it in theaters. I'm going to get the Steel book. But for me, there's just so many comic book movies and other franchises oh. that are coming out that have more of a nostalgia factor for me than Star Wars. is a relatively new franchise that I just got into. So I th- I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, I'm it's a stacked sure- year. Yeah. yeah. It's just, if this came out last year, it would have been on my list. 2017 is just so many films. There is a lot of films here. And yeah. It's interesting to see how much our lists differ. Yeah. There's a lot of similar movies on there. There's not a lot of discrepancy among what movies we're excited for. Because there's a lot of other movies dropping. Like The Mummy, Transformers, Fate and the Furious, or whatever it's called. Yeah. There's a lot of these kind of fluff movies, these franchise movies. Triple X. Yeah. Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a lot of these movies that are dropping here. But it seems that... Consistently, we have similar movies, mm-hmm. but very different anticipation levels, which is yeah. good to see, mm-hmm. which makes me excited for us to review these movies. We're yes. going to be reviewing all of these. I love having the different opinions and having Sanjay back here to give some of that contrasting opinion when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes to DC, because yeah. sometimes Troy and I align on some of these ideas and some of these aspects of these films. And it's nice to have a third party here that can bring a totally different view. And I'm excited for the different view, particularly when it comes to the Star Wars films because we're so ingrained in this universe sometimes we're slightly blinded by that and so having a different opinion I'm really excited for we're going to have a ton of movie reviews this year we're going to do at least probably I'm going to say 12 or 15 so we're really excited for that going down here and we have a retrospective series that we're revisiting here and a lot of fun stuff coming here in 2017 both from the film industry TV, comics, collecting and the Nerd Room podcast itself Yeah, 2017 is shaping up to be a great year I'm really looking forward to it I'm coming in with excitement 2016, it seemed like a lot of people were down on the year by the time the year ended, but uh, 2017 is here. Uh, let's get going. I can't wait. What's the first one? Logan? Logan. Logan? Yeah. Or Triple uh, X, I guess? Or Lego Batman? Lego Batman. Lego Batman. Yeah, Lego yeah. Batman never Didn't made make it list. list. No. 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 I, I like the Lego movie, but I don't know if they can carry it for just Batman for like two hours. We'll see. I'm still going to see it. Yeah, but. Definitely. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking most anticipated 2017 with you guys. Sanjay, it's been great having you back. It's good to be back. It feels yeah, good. Yeah, man. Yeah. Remind everyone where they can find you on Twitter. Oh, jeez. Um, find me on Twitter. You can find me in my personal uh, Twitter at Sunjabby or um, uh, the 1912 podcast. Even though there's no 1912 podcast right now, I'm looking to get that going. Me and Baron might do a horror podcast, but at 1912 podcasting is the Twitter handle. So shoot me a tweet. Awesome. Check out those uh, steelbooks. Yeah, right? yeah. I just co- I just constantly tweet about steelbooks. So uh, if you're into steelbooks, shoot me a tweet. Oh. Awesome. You can always grab us at hashtag enter the nerd room if you'd like to be part of the discussion. We'd like to know what you guys are anticipating for 2017. How much different it is than our list, and what did we leave off here? Is there some movie that we totally forgot about that's going to blow us all away? Really looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on 2017 and always remember we are part of a much larger podcast network the star wars commonwealth podcast network you can always check us all out at starwarscommonwealth.com 
Go check out all the other podcasts. There's some great stuff dropping right now in reference to Rogue One. We got Rebels returning next week, so be sure to tune in back here on the feed you're listening to right now for Star Wars Rebels Alert. We're going through the brand new episode, which does indeed have Sajerer in it. I was incorrect in stating last week that he was not in this episode. It does appear he's going to be in this episode. It's going to be an exciting episode to discuss coming off the back end of Rogue One here and appropriately timed as well. Perfect. <laughs> I feel like some stormtroopers are going to burst in and take me away for not putting Star Wars on my list. <laughs> I, I, I may cut you out of the squad. Yeah. So. yeah. Maybe a Rancor will Just kidding. <laughs> I, I, if I knew what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search The Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.